This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, if there ever were a passage of Scripture that's timely in terms of what we're going through as a country and as a world, it's this passage from the book of James, where James talks about planning for the future and how people can be presumptuous, presume on the future, when we don't even know if we'll be alive tomorrow or next week, let alone what we're going to be doing a year from now. If the virus story has taught us anything, that's exactly what it's taught us. That's what we study all this week from the book of James. God bless you as you listen to part one today. The term is called strategic planning. Strategic planning. Planning that's different than short-term or short-range planning or even long-term planning. As I understand the term strategic planning, there is short-range planning where you're planning for a year or two out. What are, what are we going to do in the next year or two as a family or an organization, as a church, as a company? Long-range planning can be five to ten years out. Where are we going to be five to ten years? But strategic planning is planning that goes out 20 and 25 and 30 years. There are church consultants that work with churches that are now saying to church boards and church leadership teams, where do you want to be 25 years from now? And most people are thinking, well, where do we want to be next Sunday? You know, in those terms. But that's not a bad idea. The Bible talks about the biblical basis for planning. When you go to war, you, you make plans. When you build a tower, Jesus said you make plans. And so planning is commended in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. But today, we're going to look at a passage in James where James talks about the sin of presumptuous planning, where we presume on the future. And I'm going to read to you a passage where people were bragging about what they were going to do, where they were going to go, where they were going to make money and do business there, how long they would do it. So they were presuming on places, things they were going to do, and time. Well, the same thing happens. People presume about where they're going to be, and people presume about how long they'll stay there, and people presume about what they're going to do in their life, and it's called presumptuousness for this reason. If you plan without taking God into consideration, you're being presumptuous in your planning, according to the Word of God, not according to me. You make plans, but God is not a factor. He's not factored into the equation then according to my understanding of the Bible, that's presumptuousness on your part or my part. Today we're going to look at a passage that some of you perhaps have never heard a message from. As we just preached through the book of James, this is exactly where we left off before uh, Palm Sunday. We're in James 4, beginning at verse 13. Now listen, James says, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Well, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting, get this, is evil. All such boasting is evil. Verse 17, anyone then, who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. 
If you underline in your Bible, and only if you do, would you underline that verse, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Has the Lord prompted you to ask the forgiveness of another person? Has the Lord prompted you to go to someone and try to reconcile a relationship that's gone south? Has the Lord prompted you to pay back some money that you borrowed years ago? The list could go on and on, and I I have this theory that the Lord prompts you and He prompts me to do what we need to do. I want to begin by talking about what I call tomorrow thinking. It's not really the intent of the text, but some people live with a tomorrow mentality. Everything they're going to do in their life, they're going to do tomorrow. We've all done this. We're going to go a certain trip or a certain place, and we're going to do it tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. You're going to do something with a son or daughter, but that tomorrow never comes. And there are things in life that happen where we say tomorrow, 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 and it never happens. I love the poem that Edgar Guest wrote years ago called Tomorrow. It goes like this. He was going to be all that a man could be tomorrow. No one should be kinder or braver than he tomorrow. A friend who was troubled and weary he knew who'd be glad of a lift and who needed it too. On him he would call and see what he could do tomorrow. Each morning he stacked up the letters he'd write tomorrow. It was too bad indeed he was busy today and hadn't a minute to stop on his way. More time he would have to give others, he'd say, tomorrow. The greatest of workers this man would have been tomorrow. The world would have known him had he had ever seen tomorrow. But the fact is, he died and he faded from view, and all that was left when the living was through was a mountain of things he intended to do tomorrow. Don't let that poem be your legacy. Don't let that be your epitaph that someday someone would say of you, well, you were going to do this tomorrow. You were going to do that tomorrow. We all are guilty of that, by the way. Everybody is, to one degree or another. But don't let the word tomorrow be the last word of your life. Tomorrow was going to be everything, and it was nothing, because we never did what we said we were going to do tomorrow. When our youngest son graduated from a Christian high school, Providence High School in Atlanta, Georgia, they had an interesting event that I'd never heard of any other school having. They had a a seniors picnic with the parents and the students. Most seniors, I know, are not too anxious to necessarily be on a picnic you know, with, the, with their friends and, and their parents as well, but that's what they did. The principal got up at this picnic and said something that was very powerful. He said, I want every senior to get with your parents right now in this big room, probably as big as this room, and I want you to just put your arms around one another, and I'd like for the moms and dads to pray for your senior. I'm always observant of what's going on around me, maybe more so that I'm interested in what I'm doing, and that's a a personality problem. We'll talk about it later. But uh, (laughs) that's my personality. I'm, I'm interested in what's going on. So I'm looking around the room, and I notice all this, what I call, quiet weeping going on. His parents are huddled with their senior, a boy or girl, and they're and they're weeping together, quiet, just softly, no no open wailing or anything, but just softly. And the thought occurred to me, maybe with some of these people, it's the first time they ever prayed with their son or daughter, senior in high school, and there was some regret there. But 
my guess is that maybe it was a reflection of they're graduating two days from now, and we didn't do this, and I never did this, and, and the time is gone. And maybe the tears were not a reflection of their joy, they're graduating, but tears of regret in what was not done, what was not said. What regrets do you have in your life about things you never did or never said? We all do. Well, doesn't the current crisis we're in in our world today and in our community and in our state make you think all the more seriously about this passage of Scripture? It does for me. Listen to part three tomorrow on Crosshope. Our website, of course, is crosshope.org. That's one word, crosshope.org. God bless you. Thanks for listening. What regrets do you have in your life about things you never did or never said? We all do. That's part of tomorrow thinking. But the most powerful story of all, I would not tell you this story if I didn't know it was true, because it sounds like a made-up story. It's one of those preacher stories, as I call it. Preachers tell dramatic stories that sometimes I wonder where, where do they get them. But I know this person. It was my brother. When my brother ministered in Ohio, he said he was at the typical supermarket, ran into a couple there. He hadn't seen them in church in about six months. So he did what ministers do. Hey, we, we've missed seeing you in church. The couple said, hey, we're really busy. Started a new business. Things are really busy. Jim, as soon as things settle down, we'll be back. And Jim said, fine, that'll be great. He shook hands with them, said goodbye to them. As Jim was walking away, the, the wife of the couple hollered out to him, Jim, tell everybody down at the church we love them. Tell everybody down at the church we love them. Two days later, my brother Jim said the man called and said, my wife's just been killed in an accident. Will you do her funeral? And my brother said all he could think about was that conversation. As soon as things settle down, we'll be back. Tell everybody down at the church we love them. And the thought occurred to me, those tomorrows, for some people, never come. And that's not told as a story to manipulate anybody, to scare anybody. It's just to say that's what happened in that situation. We cannot presume on the future in terms of where we're going to go, what we're going to do, or how much time we have left. Why? Because James says to do that and not put God in the equation is boasting. And all such boasting is evil. Some people plan without considering God at all, and that is what the sin is. There's not, it's not wrong to plan, but it is wrong to plan as if there were no God. Let's bring up verse 14, if we could. While you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. I'm always interested in word meanings, and I wanted to know, what does that word mean, you are a mist? Found out it's the Greek word atmis, A-T-M-I-S. It's where we get the word atomizer. Anybody have a perfume bottle at home where you squeeze the little bulb and perfume comes out? That's an atomizer. That's an interesting word picture for me about my life, that you squeeze that bulb and you see that mist for a second, maybe two seconds, but then it's gone. And James says, that's what your life is like. And you know, I know we have trouble in our culture believing that 70 or 80 years is like a mist. But let me tell you this, in terms of eternity, you realize 70 or 80 years is a blink in the eye of God? That's all it is. In comparison to forever, 70 to 80 years is nothing. And so when we have that gift of life that lasts hopefully for 70 or 80, maybe 90 years for some people, it's a gift. 
Every day is a gift. And this may come as news to some people, but tomorrow is a gift that you haven't received yet, and I haven't received yet. Would you listen to that again? Tomorrow is a gift that you haven't received yet. Notice the presumptuousness that's talked about here. Presumptuousness about what we're going to do, how we're going to make money. And it was beyond planning. It was an arrogance in terms of presuming the future that these people didn't have. Well, question, does that speak to you or to me about our arrogance about the future? Just think about a couple of months ago, maybe three months ago, and about the plans you had for later this spring, the plans you have for this summer, the plans you were making for this fall. Have they changed at all because of what's going on in our world? Of course they have, and they will continue to change. Our website is crosshope.org. That's one word, crosshope.org. This message continues tomorrow on Crosshope. God bless. It was an arrogance in terms of presuming the future that these people didn't have. And we all can do that. You can do that. And so can I. Let's bring up verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. I used to know a minister who said this phrase, Lord willing for everything. Well, I'm going to walk to the back of the church, Lord willing. He overdid it in my mind. I always thought he said it too much. But do you know what I believe about that man in looking back in retrospect? Did he believe that? That everything he did, every place he went, every decision he made, it was Lord willing. It was an acknowledgement of something that was going on in his heart. When's the last time you said, openly or privately, Lord willing, we will take that job. Lord willing, we will move here. Lord willing, we will do this. Lord willing, we will advance in the future. Some people have never done that. It's not a magical phrase that we're to use. It's a reflection of what's going on in my spirit and my soul. It's a reflection of an attitude that humbles himself or humbles herself in the presence of the Lord. It's up to him. If it's the Lord's will, we will do this or do that. I don't know what you've planned for your life, but I want to ask you this question. Have your plans come true? Did everything you planned for your son or daughter happen the way you thought it would? Did everything you thought would happen in the life of your grandson or granddaughter, did it go according to what you thought it should go? No. Life does not always go according to the way we plan for this reason. It's not just that things happen in life, and it's not just that good things happen and bad things happen. Get this. It's that God has a plan that we can't overrule with our plan. God has a plan for my life that I can't arbitrarily say, well, I don't care what you want. What matters is what I want. Now, I'm exaggerating to make a point. But don't presume on the future in such a way that it's almost as if we plan as if there is no God. Some people, Christian people, plan as if there is no God. For instance, just because you're healthy now, don't assume that you always will be. If the money's coming in now, don't assume that it always will come in. If things are stable now, don't assume that they always will be. People tend to assume that if things are going well, they always will be that way. If life has taught us anything in this world, is that things do not stay static. And things change in health. Things change in finances. Things change in every area of our life. Things change in relationship. And what is permanent is Christ. 
want to bring up a verse of Scripture from Psalms 31.15, I believe. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. This is one of my favorite verses, and particularly the first half. My times are in your hands. Years ago, I wanted to know what does the word times, T-I-M-E-S, mean? Found out in the original it can mean two things, which both of them are interesting. The word times can mean my immediate moment, the immediate moment right now, or it can mean the stages of my life. I like both definitions. I like to know that this immediate moment right now is in the hand of the Lord, and so do you. And I need to know that the stages of my life are in the hand of the Lord, and so do you. Well, this message from James 4, 13 to 17, will conclude tomorrow on Crosshope. If you missed any part of this message, if you'd like to look at our website and watch a visual story, do that today. That's crosshope.org. One word, crosshope.org. It will bless you just to look at our website. Do it today. God bless. I want to give you four take-home thoughts for you to write down, and we're going to show you a brief 90-second video to illustrate the last one, but I want to bring these up. Number one, it's not wrong to plan. It's wrong to plan as if there were no God. Write that down in your heart, even if you don't write it down in your notes. It's not wrong to plan. It's wrong to plan as if there were no God. Do men do that? Every day. Do women do that? Every day. Do young people do that every day? People plan as if there is no God, and that's what presumptuous planning is. It's arrogance to plan as if there were no God. Let's bring up the second one. Believers don't live as if there is no tomorrow. Have you ever talked about somebody, well, he lives as if there's no tomorrow. What do we mean by that? He's reckless. He's wild. She's wild or reckless. Believers, Christians, don't live as if there is no tomorrow. But the other side of the coin is this. Believers don't live as if there is always a tomorrow. We don't know. Believers don't live as if there's no tomorrow, and we don't live as if there will always be tomorrow. We simply don't know. Let's bring up the next one. We live ultimately in God's will for our lives. I don't know if you're familiar with the French phrase raison d'etre, your reason for being. Your reason for being is not to make money. Your reason for being is to live in God's will for your life. Your reason for being is not to get an education. Your reason for being is to live in God's will for your life. It's not to get the promotion. It's not to get the house. It's not to do this or that. Ultimately, we live in God's will for our lives. That's God's will for me and for you, is that we live in His will. Do you see how presumptuous it is to say, I'm going to do this, and God's on the sideline saying, well, wait, I've got a plan for you. I don't care about your plan. I'm going to do this. We're going to do this, and we're going to go there. And the Lord's saying, well, maybe that's not part of the plan. I don't care what your plan is, Lord. I'm going to do that. And we set ourselves up in the role of deity, in the role of God, when we tell Him what my will is for my life. And then I want to share one more with you. It's never too late to do the right thing. Not original with my dad, but folks, can I tell you this? If there's one thing I remember my father saying, If he said it once, he said it a thousand times. It's never too late to do the right thing. Somebody said Tanya Tucker had a song with that lyric. Maybe she did. I know he didn't get it from her. He said it years before that. It's never too late to do the right thing. You know what that means? Some of you feel prompted to do something by the Lord. It's not too late as long as you're alive. 
You feel prompted to seek forgiveness. It's not too late to do the right thing. It's not too late to write that thank you note. It's not too late to write that letter. It's not too late to go see that person. As long as there's life, there's still time. As long as you're alive, you've got a chance to do the right thing. As long as the Lord's given you breath, it's not too late to do the right thing. This is a message about your life. Not about somebody else's life, but your life and my life. Don't presume on the future. Don't be presumptuous in how much time you have left. All the places you think you're going to go just because you decide you're going to do that. Don't be presumptuous about what you're going to do. Just like the people in James said, we're going to go there and we're going to make money and we're going to go to this city and make money. And James said, you don't even know if you'll be here tomorrow. Why? Your life is like the mist that atomizer going out. It's brief. Every second counts when it's dedicated to Jesus Christ. Remember that. Every minute of your life counts when you dedicate it to the Lord. Every hour counts when you give it to the Lord as an offering. Make your life count, not just for the country. Make your life count, not just for your family or the community, but make your life count for Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Let's pray together. Lord, I ask you to bless every listener in this time of crisis in our country, in our world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.